From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Hey there, this is the Queen of Extreme, Francine. I am here today to let you know that you need to go and check out this very cool podcast that is happening right now. It's called the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, and it's on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Yes, three days a week. It's amazing. And on Wednesdays, Wednesdays are really special because Edwin Melendez, he reviews ECW Hardcore TV and sometimes he even talks about yours truly. So, you need to go and you need to look up this podcast. Again, it's called the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. And it's on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And please tell them that the Queen of Extreme Francine sent you. Welcome to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro. And ladies and gentlemen, today we have a super stack show. Quite possibly the most super stack show that we ever had here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Yesterday we had tons of breaking news. We're gone for 24 hours and the wrestling world melts the fuck down. So on this super stack show, we're going to be talking about Cody Rhodes departing from AEW. I never thought I'd see the day. We're going to be talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin returning to professional wrestling in an injury capacity I never thought I'd see the day. And like we do every Wednesday, we get a little extreme, so we're going to be going back in time, and we'll be talking about the ECW November to Remember from 1997 pay-per-view later on today. But before we get to all that, I gotta salute the wrestling DeLorean passengers. The passengers from all over the world. I'm talking about the United States, Mexico, Canada, Brazil, India, Ireland, UK, Australia, Russia. The list goes on and on. Thank you for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Without you, there is no me. If you don't already, follow the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast on Twitter at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Ladies and gentlemen, like I said, we have a super stacked show. So let's get the chit-chat and let's talk about all this breaking news that's causing everybody in the wrestling world to melt the fuck down. We're going to be talking all about it right now. Thank you for letting me into your morning routine, ladies and gentlemen. To all the Wrestling DeLorean passengers who's riding with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast, I salute you. Thank you so much for riding with us. 
We appreciate you. If you're new to the show, make sure you tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Especially if you like the old school extreme shit. Wednesday's your day for you because we go back in time and we discuss ECW, Hardcore TV, and every ECW pay-per-view. Like we'll be doing later today when we talk about the ECW November to Remember 1997 from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The hometown of Shane Douglas who just so happens to be in the main event going against his former stablemate in the triple threat. Bam Bam Bigelow for the ECW champion. But before we could get to all that later on in the show, I will be remiss if I don't start out the show by talking about the breaking news that came out of yesterday morning about Cody Rhodes leaving AEW. The wrestling world's meltdown. This is a huge, huge Deal for everybody who don't know how big this is. If you don't understand the magnitude of how big this is, this is a seismic, seismic news story. I never thought I'd see the day. Like I said in the intro, I never thought I would see the day where one of the founding fathers of AEW, the EVP of AEW walks just three years later. And I am baffled. I am surprised. Cody Rhodes. This is your company. This is not somebody who's getting signed. Like this ain't Malachi Black leaving. This ain't, this ain't CM Punk leaving. Cody Rhodes. This was your vision. I am shocked. I am all for whatever Cody and Brandy wants to do to have a better life. You know what I mean? I'm all for them making the best decisions for their family. That's all cool. I just am shocked because news also broke that Cody Rhodes is also in talks with the WWE for a possible return to the company. I never thought I'd see the day. Cody Rhodes, the first show... Double or nothing, Cody Rhodes is breaking the throne. Cody Rhodes is taking shots at the WWE. Cody Rhodes, every single time he's on the mic, he finds a way to throw in a little jab at the WWE. And just like that, Cody Rhodes, his contract is up, and he's going back to the WWE. The reality show wasn't enough for him. The EVP status wasn't enough for him. The creative control wasn't enough for him. He's going back to the world wrestling entertainment. It's, it's, it's insane. Cody Rhodes talked about AEW being wrestling utopia. He says that this is a revolution. A revolution that he started. But now he's leaving. What does this mean for the future of professional wrestling? What does this mean for the future of AEW? If Cody walks from AEW... Anybody could walk. Nobody is safe. I think that this is going to be a developing story as the days go on. I want to know why. Is it money? Is it creative control? There's been rumors and innuendo saying that Cody Rhodes the last couple years has been a little to himself. Not as approachable as he was for AEW year one. You know, 
nobody was booked more solid than Cody Rhodes the whole time AEW was around. Cody Rhodes was the guy. Cody Rhodes was the John Cena of AEW. He got the reality show. He had the promo time. He had the creative freedom. The man... Look, I'm going to keep it a spade a spade. The man stifled a lot of pushes in AEW. The man stifled the push of Brody Lee. The man stifled the push of Malachi Black. The man stifled the push of Andrade. The man stifled the push of Lance Archer. Cody Rhodes got what he wanted. Cody Rhodes was the guy. Now, I, I see that there's a lot of people joking online. Oh, Cody Rhodes is going to go back and become Stardust again. I don't see him becoming Stardust again. I do see an initial big push for Cody Rhodes. But I don't see the WWE being what he wants it to be. I don't see him being happy in the WWE. As happy as he was in AEW. If you think about it, Cody Rhodes left the WWE because of him feeling that he wasn't used right, he wasn't treated right. Cody Rhodes did not want to continue going on in the WWE as Stardust. Cody Rhodes wanted to be Cody Rhodes. He wanted to honor his family legacy. A legacy that he got to not only honor, but carry out in AEW. A lot of AEW is Cody Rhodes' vision. Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard being in AEW was Cody Rhodes. Tony Schiavone being on the commentary team for AEW, that's Cody Rhodes. First TNT champion. The only three-time TNT champion. In the first cage match. Had the first blood feud. Had the most TV time and promos. Like, I, I, I don't know. I'm at a lost words. This is just baffling. Cody Rhodes, good luck. I wish you the best. I hope WWE knows the type of star that they're getting here. I hope the WWE sees this as an opportunity to push Cody Rhodes to the moon. Because Cody deserves it. Cody proved without a shadow of a doubt that when he left the WWE, he became a megastar. He proved without a shadow of a doubt that Cody Rhodes is a main eventer, a world championship material athlete. He's a former, ever since leaving the WWE, a former two-time Ring of Honor champion. He's a former NWA world champion. He's a former three-time TNT champion for AEW. He won a plethora of titles on the independents. Former United States IWGP champion. The man showed that he's willing to outwork everybody. He goes to AEW, he puts his body on the line. The man's falling through fire. He's fucking going through flaming tables. The man's getting whipped 10 times by MJF. Brutal. The man's taking chair shots to the head. Only the second show in, busting his ass open and fucking bleeding buckets. So this is the type of guy who leaves AEW and goes back to the WWE. I'll be damned if he starred us. I'll be damned if this man does not deserve a run at least challenging for the World Heavyweight Champion. If this man does not deserve an opportunity to be 
top level, top tier. But see, that's the thing. Let's look at the top tier in the WWE. Cody Rhodes, I love you. You are not on Roman Reigns level right now. Cody Rhodes, I love you, but you're not beating Brock Lesnar. Cody Rhodes, I love you, but you're not beating Bobby Lashley. So it's, at the end of the day, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens from here. I personally think AEW was Cody Rhodes' playground. And AEW, many times before, bent over backwards for Cody Rhodes and the Rhodes family. Warner Media, giving them reality shows, putting Cody Rhodes on the Go Big Show, on the panel of judges. Getting to wrestle with Shaq. Like, I could go on and on. You know, there's a lot of rumors that Cody Rhodes was threatened when Brian Danielson and Adam Cole and CM Punk came into the company. I I just don't believe that, though. I wouldn't see Cody Rhodes as a guy to be threatened. Unless he was really that selfish. That he wanted to hold on to his spot. I don't see that though. Yes, he he booked himself to beat a lot of top guys. But I I don't see him looking at Punk and Brian and Cole coming in as, oh, this is gonna hurt my spot. I would hope he would have saw that as this is only going to better the company. Brandy Rhodes was on fucking TV no more than two weeks ago. Going Blow for blow with fucking Dan Lambert. Now that means nothing because she's no longer here. Now, there is the possibility, a very minuscule possibility, that this is all a work. Everybody wants Cody Rhodes to turn heel. Boy, would this be the heel turn of the century if this motherfucker is actually still with AEW. The only thing that's making me think that this is not a work is the fact that in his statement, he brought up, the charities and outreach program that not only him, but also Brandy Rhodes works with. I don't think you go that far if this is a work. You don't talk about the the culture city. You don't talk about the outreach with children with special needs. You don't talk about you don't talk about the uh, heart disease organization that they're working with. Forgive me for not remembering the name. You don't talk about that. This is just for a wrestling storyline. That's why I believe that this is legit. Because I see a lot of people like, oh, this is all a work. This is a swerve, bro. This is a swerve. Why are you falling for this shit? Why would you even believe this shit? This is going to be how Cody turns heel. That's fucked up if this is how you use it. I would have probably believed that if he did not mention Amanda Huber taking over his spot and his role with all the outreach programs that he has. Because that's going too far. So I think that this is legit. AEW putting out a press statement makes this legit. So let's see what happens. Yesterday, the whole wrestling world melted the fuck down. So let's see what happens. Let's see if Cody Rhodes goes on to become even bigger of a star. Or let's see if Cody Rhodes regrets this decision. 
I know a lot of people are speculating he's going to WWE. Sean Ross Sapp says that there's already contact with him in WWE. Maybe this is just for him to retire. Maybe Cody Rhodes doesn't go back to WWE. Maybe he just walks away. I'm sure more details will come the more we learn about this progressing story. But right now, 24 hours later, I'm still in shock. When I come back, I'm going to talk about the second story that shocked me. The second breaking news that shocked me. It's involving none other than Stone Cold Steve Austin and his in-ring return, his possible in-ring return at WrestleMania against Kevin Owens. We'll talk all about that when we come back, so stay tuned. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington, for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, The Battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. 
yesterday news broke that the WWE has been in contact about a possible return for Stone Cold Steve Austin. Not only him making an appearance at WrestleMania, he made many appearances at WrestleMania. He made many special referees, special enforcer, just guest appearances at WrestleMania. No, this is for an in-ring match. It would be Stone Cold Steve Austin's first in-ring match since WrestleMania 19, 2003, when he faced The Rock at WrestleMania. So let's cut this music and let's get all up in this story right now. There's been many opportunities in the past. There's been many stories and times where Stone Cold Steve Austin was talked about for a possible in-ring return. I remember people clamoring for Stone Cold Steve Austin versus CM Punk during the whole CM Punk rise with the best in the world shit and, you know, the, after the pipe bomb. I remember everybody talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin coming in for Dallas, Texas at WrestleMania 32. It's, it's, it's insane that we're actually close to actually seeing Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestle for the first time in 19 years. Ironically, it was WrestleMania 19 that he had his last in-ring match against The Rock. And how poetic was that? It was poetic justice. How apropos was his last match when he went against The Rock at WrestleMania? The trilogy against The Rock, and The Rock finally beat Stone Cold on Stone Cold's last match. It was a story that was perfectly told. Just like the Shawn Michaels story with The Undertaker when he retired. It was perfectly told, and Shawn Michaels came back for the crown jewel at Saudi Arabia. Now, People don't look at Stone. People don't look at Shawn Michaels' return as something that was a positive. So I'm scared that we might be all excited for Stone Cold Steve Austin to have this in-ring return, and it might not be what we expect it to be. Now, Stone Cold Steve Austin always kept himself in shape. We see the Smoking Skull sessions. We never see Stone Cold Steve Austin out of shape. The guy always looks like he's ready, but he's also 56 years old. He's also hasn't taken a bump since 2003. It's 2022. We look at guys like CM Punk, who spent seven years away. We look at guys like Christian Cage. We look at guys like Edge, who spent time away and had to dust off the ring rust a little bit when he returned, when they returned. Stone Cold Steve Austin, you weren't gone for seven years. You were gone for 19. It's going to be really interesting to see. Now, the pos- they already started planting the seeds. Kevin Owens is going to be his opponent. They already started planting the seeds on Raw this past Monday with Kevin Owens talking about hating Dallas, Texas. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Kevin Owens. I remember when Kevin Owens was Kevin Steen and he was the anti-establishment, anti-hero of Ring of Honor. Everybody was saying he's the Stone Cold Steve Austin of Ring of Honor. Now we're getting Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Kevin Owens. Talk about a dream match for me. Might not be a dream match for you, but it's a dream match for me. I don't foresee this match being a technical classic. This is going to obviously be a brawl. I don't see Stone Cold taking any bumps. He has a bad neck. He's not going to take a bump. He's not going to be taking any moves from Kevin Owens. If anything, Kevin Owens is going to beat him down with punches and kicks, but he's not going to hit no suplexes or anything like that. 
it's if you just take away your expectations of this being a great match and just think about the moment, that's what gets me excited. Now, every Monday here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, I go back in time and I talk about Monday Night Raw, WWF Monday Night Raw from 95 all the way to beyond, whatever, right? And right now I'm on 1996, about to go into 1997, where Stone Cold Steve Austin is really getting hot. And every time I watch this shit, I'm like, God damn, I wish wrestling was still like this. God damn, I wish there was characters like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Ever since Stone Cold Steve Austin left, there was never a character that really captivated like Stone Cold Steve Austin. I know everyone says John Cena took Stone Cold's place, but honestly, John Cena was more a family-friendly PG character where Stone Cold Steve Austin was cool. It was cool to be a fan of Stone Cold Steve Austin. It wasn't cool to be a fan of John Cena. John Cena was very, you know, love him or hate him, John Cena was very polarizing. When it comes to crowd reaction, you can't say the same for Stone Cold Steve Austin. Steve Austin was unanimously loved. At one point, he was the savior of the WWF. He was the biggest name I personally believe, still to this day, the biggest name, the biggest attraction in professional wrestling history. People like to say Hulkamania. WWF was not pulling in the numbers like they were doing in the Attitude Era. Records off of Stone Cold's work. Record merchandise sales. Record attendance. That was off of the back of Steve Austin. Whatever record the WWE had in the 80s with Hulkamania running wild. Ooh, brother. Steve Austin shattered those records. And if you honestly got to look back in time, hindsight being 2020, even to this day, if you look at the legacy, the tarnished legacy of Hulk Hogan, and you look at the legacy of Stone Cold Steve Austin, it is without saying that Stone Cold Steve Austin is in a lot better place when you look back on history than Hulk Hogan. And now, if he's back, whether this is a one-off, whether we get, you know, special appearances, it just adds to the WWE. If we see Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania, I'm hype. I am hype. There's a negative here. It says a lot that this fucking company cannot make new stars. I've been saying that. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. When they bring in Goldberg and they bring in all these part-timers, I'm like, yo, it's a shame they can't make new stars. It's just that Stone Cold Steve Austin has a special place in mi corazón. Stone Cold Steve Austin has a special place in my heart, in my fandom, because I was a huge Austin 316 fan growing up. I had two favorites growing up. Stone Cold Steve Austin... And Shawn Michaels. That's why WrestleMania 14, when it was Austin versus Michaels, I didn't know what the fuck to do. I didn't know who to go for. There were my yo, people talk about Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior. I'm like, who do I go for? That was me for Shawn Michaels versus Austin at WrestleMania 14 in Boston. I'm saying this right now. The WWE is getting a little interesting. We're on the road to WrestleMania. We got Steve Austin coming back. We got Cody Rhodes coming back. We have a super stacked elimination chamber this Saturday. 
Right now, shit's looking good. Shit is looking good, and I'm excited for professional wrestling as a whole. Ladies and gentlemen, when we come back from this commercial break, we're going to be going back in time like we do every Wednesday here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, and we're going to be talking about ECW November to Remember 1997. It's a show that we've been building up towards for a long time with the ECW Hardcore TV reviews. This is a super stat card. We have Shane Douglas versus Bam Bam Bigelow. RVD versus Tommy Dreamer. Sabu versus The Sandman. Taz versus Pitbull number two. We have the FBI versus the Dudleys versus Balls and Axel versus New Jack and John Cronus. This is a super stack show. And we're going to be talking all about that when we come back. So stay tuned. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, like we do here every Wednesday on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, we go a little extreme. For the last couple weeks, we've been building up on Hardcore TV to the November to Remember 1997. And I said when the show finally does come and we review it, it's going to be a big deal because this is one of the biggest shows in ECW history. It is at this time, in 1997, in front of the largest crowd in ECW history, and we have a super stacked card, probably one of the most stacked cards in ECW history. So a lot of history going on and taking place here on this card inside of the Golden Dome in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We got Shane Douglas, the hometown hero. He is the challenger going into the main event Challenging for the ECW World Heavyweight Champion against Bam Bam Bigelow. We got Sabu versus Sandman in a tables, ladders, and chairs match. In a flag match, we have Tommy Dreamer versus the whole fucking show, Rob Van Dam. We have Taz defending his television title against Pitbull number two. And for the tag team titles, we have an absolute hardcore war between the FBI, the Dudley Boys, Axel Rodden and Balls Mahoney, and New Jack and Cronus, the Gangstonators. 
So without further ado, let's talk about this Super Stack show, a show that I thoroughly enjoyed, a show that went absolutely to the extreme. Let's talk about ECW, November to Remember, 1997, from the Golden Dome in Monaca, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Let's get into the Super Stack show right now. Ladies and gentlemen, this show was absolutely amazing. I'm going to just come out right off the bat and say this show was amazing. Probably one of my favorite ECW shows of all time. A show that doesn't get a lot of talk about, but it should because this show was phenomenal. Top to bottom. Top to bottom. So let's get right into it. ECW November to Remember 1997, live from the Golden Dome in front of the largest crowd in ECW history. We start out with some pure wrestling. We got Tommy Rogers versus Chris Candido. If you remember, Chris Candido said that tonight he was going to steal the show. No matter what his placement was on this show, at the end, everybody's going to be talking about no gimmicks needed Chris Candido. This matchup starts out pretty evenly. Good back and forth competitive action here between the two. And after a couple minutes, things start to break down. Lance Storm makes his interference. He is a part of, well, he's a learning member of the Triple Threat. He's trying to earn his spot in the Triple Threat. And this leads to a two-on-one beatdown from Chris Candido and Lance Storm onto Tommy Rogers. Jerry Lynn comes out, and we have an impromptu tag match to start out the show. Candido and Storm versus Jerry Lynn and Tommy Rogers. We got multiple dives to the outside. Things really start to break down. Referee John Finnegan makes it official. He gets on the mic and says this is officially a tag match. So we get... A singles match converting into a tag match between four highly talented wrestlers. Chris Candido and Lance Storm versus Tommy Rogers and Jerry Lynn. Really good matchup. In the end, Chris Candido hits the blonde bombshell on Jerry Lynn. Tommy Rogers breaks up the pin and hits the Tamikaze on Lance Storm. Chris Candido then hits Rogers with a Northern Lights suplex for the victory. One, two, three, the triple threat win. Next on the show, we got Mikey Whipwreck versus Just Incredible. This was a fun back and forth. Didn't go long, though. In the end, Mikey Whipwreck hits the whippersnapper from the top rope onto Just Incredible. Just Incredible suffering his first loss here in ECW on pay-per-view to Mikey Whipwreck. We next see Al Snow talk to head backstage. This leads to ECW's television title match of the night. It is Pitbull number two versus Taz. Paul Heyman joins Joey Styles in the booth on commentary. Taz makes real quick work of Pitbull number two. After two big Taz plexes a couple seconds into this matchup, Taz puts the Taz mission onto Pitbull number two. And it don't take long for Pitbull number two to tap out. Taz is still your television champion. This leads to Pitbull number one running into the ring. He gets attacked by Taz. Taz drops him with a Taz plex. Paul Heyman says that Taz is the best wrestler going today, the best, most intense wrestler on television. Taz gets on the mic and said, Lance Wright brought his boyfriend bitch with him tonight. We see Lance Wright outside standing with a bodyguard who happens to be Brackus from the WWF. A very jacked up, roided monster here. Taz says that he wants Brackus to enter the ring right now. He said, I'm going to take it to your little bitch ass boyfriend. Lance Wright's trying to hold Brackus back. Security's holding Brackus back. Taz says to Lance Wright, he said, your boyfriend here, he takes noodles up the ass. <laughs> and he said that he will show him the difference between being cum drunk 
and punch drunk. That was definitely not PG. Anyway, security tries to stop Rackus. Taz tells him to let him go. Security says that he is protecting Taz. So Taz then attacks the security guard. He puts the Taz mission on him. Paul Heyman demands that the production team rolls to something else before they get sued. <laughs> that's, that's, this is just amazing stuff here. They cut to a classic footage of Bam Bam Bigelow tossing Spike Dudley through the crowd. Remember the whole body surf shit? If you know anything about ECW, you know about Spike Dudley getting body surfed around the arena after Bam Bam Bigelow tosses him into the crowd. We then see footage of Bam Bam Bigelow becoming the ECW champion, setting up his world title match with Shane Douglas later on tonight. We cut back to the ring and the FBI is berating the crowd. They didn't even get an entrance here. Then, after this, Devon Dudley snatches the mic from Tommy Rich. Joel Gertner introduces the Dudley boys. Balls and Axel Rotten take out everyone before the match even starts with chairs. The Gangsta Nairs are not even out here yet. Big Dick Dudley takes out Axel and Balls Mahoney with a double choke slam. The FBI and the Dudleys jump Balls and Axel. I mean, I guess at this point the match started without the Gangstonators. So I guess here we go. ECW Tag Team Title Match. It is the FBI versus the Dudley Boys versus Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney. But still no Crotus and New Jack here in this match. But Ray Dudley hits a massive superplex onto Balls Mahoney from the top rope. Here we go. The music hits. Supposed to be Natural Born Killers, but we had the WWE Network dub, you know, in the ghetto. That, that shit, you know, the, the, the PG New Jack we had here. But still, you know, here we go. We know it's about to get violent. Here comes the pain. New Jack and Crotus make their way to the ring. Things quickly break down. We have a gang prison fight. Every time these fucking teams get into the ring with each other, it is like a gang fight. And this shit was no different because there was weapons everywhere. I'm talking cheese graters, mailboxes, you name it, it was in the ring. There's just blood everywhere. Big Dick Dudley goes to hit a top rope moonsault, but he misses. He gets up, and he is met with a massive guitar shot by New Jack. And then a beautiful 450 from John Cronus. And then, holy shit, Bubba Ray Dudley hits a massive plancha to the outside, taking out everybody. New Jack went to the top rope. He hits another guitar shot onto Tommy Wildfire Rich this time. Cronus then ascends to the top rope. And he is met with little Guido hitting him with the Italian flag, which leads to John Cronus falling off the top rope and being caught by Bubba Ray Dudley with the Bubba Cutter. One, two, three. John Cronus and New Jack is out of this matchup. Just like that. In the blink of an eye. These guys come in, they raise hell, and then they get fucking eliminated. Fucking sucks. Anyway, then Bubba Ray Dudley and FBI start to double team the team of Balls Mahoney and Axel Rotten. But it was then when Joel Gertner gets onto the ring apron, he goes to throw powder into the eyes of Balls Mahoney, but Balls ducks, and the powder goes into Bubba Ray's eyes. Devon goes to hit the 3D, but is reversed by Balls, which leads to a 3D being hit on Devon because Bubba Ray Dudley's blind and hits his own partner with the 3D. One, two, three, Balls and Axel eliminates the Dudley boys. It is all down to Balls and Axel versus the FBI. The referee gets knocked down when Balls Mahoney goes for the Nutcracker Sweet. Referee Jeff Jones, the, the future judge Jeff Jones, comes in. He kicks, he, by the way, Jeff Jones is the corrupt referee at this point in ECW. He kicks Balls Mahoney in, well, the balls. Little Guido rolls up Balls Mahoney. One, two, three. What an upset. The FBI retained the tag team titles. 
I would have never thought that the FBI would still be the tag team champions after this bloodbath. You had three ultra-violent, hardcore teams, and then you had the FBI, the contingency of Tracy Smothers and Little Guido. Who would have thought that Smothers and Guido would have won the matchup against Bubba Ray and Devon, Balls Mahoney and Axel, and New Jack and Cronus? I call that an upset. Anyway... Next, we see Tommy Dreamer and Beulah McGillicuddy arrive into the building. Tommy Dreamer's talking about being injured, but he will defend his company tonight against Rob Van Dam, and RVD will feel what the revolution of ECW is all about. We get a video package hyping up Van Dam and Tommy Dreamer. Two, surprisingly, my, to my surprise, Man in the Box, Tommy Dreamer's theme song. Not a dubbed-over version. It was surprising to me because this is the WWE Network. I expected them to dub over, but they must have missed this one because this was not dubbed over. This was actually Man in the Box from Alice in Chains. But whatever. Great surprise for me. I enjoyed it. A surprise on WWE's expense. I hope they don't hear this and then go dub over that shit. But whatever. We then get the flag match. The ECW flag versus the WWF flag. This is not a traditional WWE uh, flag match where you have to take down the flag on the other side. We don't do that shit. This is a regular matchup. And the loser gets buried under the rival's flag. Tommy Dreamer's out here with Beulah McGillicuddy. Rob Van Dam, of course, is out here with Bill Alfonso. Tommy Dreamer goes into this matchup with a separated shoulder and a broken heel. So he's definitely nowhere near 100%. Rob Van Dam, his eye gets split up pretty early in the matchup when Tommy Dreamer nails him with the chair. Lots of interference here from Bill Alfonso. He takes the referee out when Dreamer hits a massive DDT onto Rob Van Dam. Jeff Jones comes out for the second time on the show. The corrupt ref is here. He punches Jim Molyneux in the face. Tommy Dreamer goes to go after Jeff Jones, but he is stopped by Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam hits Tommy Dreamer with the Van Daminator. Judge Jeff Jones then goes for a quick pin for Rob Van Dam, but Tommy Dreamer kicks out. He hits another DDT onto RVD. Jeff Jones stops the count when John Finnegan goes to make the count. This leads to John Finnegan and Jim Molyneux taking out Jeff Jones after Beulah McGillicuddy low blows Jeff Jones. Fonzie then takes out the referees. Beulah McGillicuddy goes behind Bill Alfonso and hits a low blow on Fonzie. Tommy Dreamer then hits a pile driver onto RVD, and no one sells a pile driver like Rob Van Dam. Tommy Dreamer hits this pile driver, and I don't know how the fuck he does this, but Rob Van Dam bounces up like a spring from his neck. From his neck. He springs up into the fucking air. Insane. Surprisingly, this leads to Doug Furness and Phil LaFon. If you listen to my Monday show, I talk a lot about Doug Furness and Phil LaFon in the WWE, talking about classic WWE Raw, but we're not talking about Raw right here. This is 1997. Doug Furness and Phil LaFon are here representing the WWF here in ECW. Tommy Dreamer fights them off. Then he turns around, and big surprise, Stevie Richards is in the ring, and he hits a massive Stevie kick onto Tommy Dreamer. We haven't seen Stevie Richards in ECW since April. So this is a big surprise. Stevie Richards is back from the WCW. They set up Tommy Dreamer for RVD to hit the five-star frog splash. RVD wins with a five-star frog splash when Bill Alfonso counts the three. So it wasn't a official win. Bill Alfonso was not the referee for the matchup. He counts the three anyway. This leads to Bill Alfonso... Waving the WWF flag as all the wrestlers in the ring stand tall. Richards 
Furnace, LaFon, they bring a table into the ring. They place Tommy Dreamer on the table. They put the WWE flag over him. Sabu comes out. He heads to the top rope to go hit a splash onto the limped body of Tommy Dreamer. And Beulah McGillicuddy gets in front of Tommy Dreamer, which leads to Sabu hitting a diving clothesline, destroying Beulah McGillicuddy. They jump onto Tommy Dreamer and start destroying him as well, who's covering Beulah McGillicuddy's body at this point. He doesn't. He throws his body on top of her so she doesn't take no more damage, and they're just going to town on Tommy Dreamer. This leads to the same man's music hitting, and we're going right into the next matchup, a tables, ladders, and chairs matchup between the Sandman and Sabu. But... Is the Sandman walking into a slaughter because in the ring waiting for him, Sabu, RBD, Stevie Richards, Furnace, and LaFon are all waiting for the Sandman to get into the ring. Sandman is doing his typical long-winded entrance, but before the, he can even get into the ring, Sabu dives onto the Sandman onto the outside. This matchup is on its way, basically a TLC matchup here. Sabu hits a crazy triple jump moonsault using the ladder instead of the chair. Sandman throws a ladder to the outside, splitting the head of Sabu. This matchup is not pretty. This matchup is not for the fate of heart. But I, I didn't expect a technical classic in Sabu versus the Sandman. This was a fucking war. Like I said, this shit isn't pretty here. Sandman hits a crazy guillotine leg drop from to the outside onto Sabu through the table. Too many hardcore spots to even list. The back of Sandman's head is busted open. Sabu stabs Sandman with a fucking fork in this matchup that he pulled out of his boot. Sabu's doing all these crazy ass jumps and dives, and the whole time he has a fucking fork in his boot. That, 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 that must have been very uncomfortable for Sabu. But anyway, Sandman hits a rolling rock, which is basically a swan time bomb, from the top of a ladder to the outside onto Sabu through a table. Insane spot. Sabu hits a massive chair to the rope, double dive to the outside with a ladder onto Sandman through a table. Like I said, like the shit that I'm even saying, you got to go out of your way and see this match if you want to understand what I'm saying. It's so innovative, it's insane, this shit. Sabu hits a massive dive to the outside onto the Sandman through a table, like I said. This is just absolutely insane. In the end, though, after 20 minutes of just plunder and violence... Sabu wins when he hits an Atomic Arabian Face Buster with the ladder from the top rope onto the Sandman. What a war. Joey Styles is setting up the main event. Taz interrupts Joey Styles and says that he wants Bam Bam Bigelow to retain his championship tonight. Because at the next pay-per-view, March 1st, living dangerously, Taz is challenging Bam Bam Bigelow. And here we go. Main event time. ECW World Heavyweight title match. Bam Bam Bigelow versus the franchise Shane Douglas with the Queen of Extreme Francine, who was on the intro to this podcast. Shout out to the Queen of Extreme Francine. Thank you so much for showing love to the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Shane Douglas comes out to a hero's welcome here in his hometown of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The match starts and Bam Bam Bigelow is just completely outpowering Shane Douglas in this in the early goings of this matchup. Bam Bam is just hammering Shane Douglas in the corner. Bigelow hits... A huge powerbomb numerous times in this matchup. Bam Bam is the heel here. He, you know, everywhere else in the United States that ECW is running shows, Bam Bam is the babyface champion. But Shane Douglas is the hometown boy. He's the hometown hero. So Bam Bam Bigelow is getting booed out the arena as Shane Douglas is getting cheered. This is a bizarro world here. So Bam Bam's working as a heel. Shane Douglas is working as a face here. 
Bam Bam Bigelow is absolutely destroying Shane Douglas in this match for 90% of the match. The Golden Dome tries to rally their hometown hero, the franchise. Bam Bam Bigelow goes up for a moonsault, and Shane Douglas reverses it and power bombs Bam Bam Bigelow through a table. Bam Bam Bigelow then is now on the defensive here as Shane Douglas starts to mount a comeback, but not for long. Bam Bam hits a power slam on Shane Douglas through a table. In the end, Francine gets onto the ring apron. She gets in the ring and nails Bam Bam Bigelow with the crutch. Bam Bam Bigelow grabs the crutch and swings for Francine's fucking head, but she ducks and bails. Thank God. Bam Bam Bigelow then goes to town on Shane Douglas with the crutch, absolutely destroying him, busting him open. But Douglas is bleeding all over here. Douglas then, out of nowhere, hits the Pittsburgh plunge, the belly-to-belly suplex onto Bam Bam Bigelow. One, two, kick out. Bam Bam Bigelow's back to his feet, and Shane Douglas is slowly getting back to his, but Bam Bam absolutely destroys and nails Shane Douglas yet again. Bam Bam goes to the outside. He brings in another table to the ring. Bam Bam goes for the powerbomb. Douglas reverses right into another Pittsburgh plunge, belly-to-belly suplex onto the table this time. One, two, three. Shane Douglas is once again your ECW champion. The crowd goes absolutely apeshit. The triple threat come out to celebrate with the franchise, but Shane Douglas is so beat down that he can't even stand to his own feet, even with the help of Lance Storm and Chris Candido. The show goes off the air with Shane Douglas on the ground, but still your ECW champion, your new ECW champion nonetheless. What a fucking show. What a show. Top to bottom, this shit was phenomenal. Four out, fuck four, 4.5 out of five stars. I'm not Meltzer, but fucking, this shit was just great. Go out of your way. Anyone who enjoys these ECW reviews, anybody who enjoys ECW, if you're hearing this podcast for the first time, go out of your way. If you've never seen the November to Remember 1997, go see this show. It is what ECW is all about. If you have seen this show already, go watch it again because this shit is fun. Go have fun and go watch ECW November to remember 1997. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me today on this episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I hope everyone goes and watches AEW tonight on TBS at 8 o'clock Eastern. Enjoy it. I'm going to be talking all about tonight's episode of AEW on this Friday's episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. So you don't want to miss that. I don't know. Maybe they'll mention the whole Cody situation on TV. We'll see what happens. But you make sure that you tune in on Friday to hear my review of AEW Dynamite, my review of Impact Wrestling tomorrow on Access TV, and a whole lot more on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I love you all. Stay safe. Stay strong. Stay positive. One love. Thank you for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'll catch you Friday. Zack a tough in the hood Till the wolves come Bitches let a drink in the club Till the wolves come Surrounded by the sheep in the street Till the wolves come Everyone strip on the floor We the wolves done Who can fuck with De Niro? I got a Snyder extender clip So who wanna play hero? Go bad shit like Ozzy I was born in the darkness Oh, you the wolf Till we pull up and you're harmless So pray to Oliver the Don Dada The top shotter The top spot Final boss you cross That's when your ride stop Basquiat with that white chalk Trigger finger streets Might leave your brains on the sidewalk Niggas acting tough in the hood Till the wolves come Bitches let a drink in the club Till the wolves come Surrounded by the sheep in the street Till the wolves come Everyone strip on the floor Till the wolves come Heard them got them niggas They be moving in the pack Think the shit is sweet They be plotting in the back Summertime better be careful where you at No matter Addy nigga We gon' get you where you lack 
dipping, creeping through the night is precise. Catch a nigga slipping for his ice worth your life. Answer yes, well, did nigga pay your price? Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight. South Bronx, midnight, niggas moving packs cause they hunting. I'm moving packs of that onion, but probably packing up something. Catch him slipping with them coals and he ain't telling us nothing. Catch a nigga fooling twice and then I'm pressing that button. Send his ass away, permanent vacate and start bluffing. Must have moved to Honolulu, changed his name to McLovin. Said you know what you know, that's for the pack to remember. And if a nigga leaking these, we gotta. Niggas say the dead don't talk, but that money do. If I put a hole in his melon, I bet his honey do. Shorty keep crying and screaming like that's helping you. Bullets gave his brain a period for that decimal. I think it's like a tough in the hood. To the wolf's call. Bitches love to drink in the club. To the wolf's call. Surrounded by the sheep in the street. To the wolf's call. Everyone strip on the floor. We the wolf's call. Heard them got them niggas, they be moving in the packs. Think the shit is sweet, they be plotting in the back. Summertime, better be careful where you're at. No matter Addy, nigga, we gon' get you where you lack. Dipping, creeping through the night is precise. Catch a nigga slipping for his ice worth your life. Answer yes, well, did nigga pay your price? Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.